Sawate to Skipoli. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's, where your host here, I was going to say your boy, but I'm not going to, even though I just did, uh, is going to go over third conjugation verb forms in Latin for today. And it's honestly a pretty quick one. So bear with me um, as I just kind of run through this because we're just adding on to what we already know, right? We've learned the first, the second conjugation both of which are very familiar and or very similar in their appearance. They just differ in that thematic vowel where an A is different than the E versus, well, let's get into the third conjugation and what thematic vowel it has that appears different than in the first and second conjugation. So without further ado, I think we need to highlight two important rules for us to remember before beginning. So firstly, the thematic vowel, hint, hint, wink, wink, in third conjugation is a short vowel. It appears as I or U in the present and E in the imperfect. Secondly, the tense sign for the future in third conjugation is E. The third or rather the future tense in third conjugation uh, doesn't use any thematic vowel. I Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, so third conjugation has the most number of irregularities of the four conjugations in Latin. Here is an example of the third conjugation verb scribo, which means write or to write, conjugated in the present tense. So going from first, second, third person, singular, then plural. We have scribo, scribis, scribit, scribimo, scribiti, scribunt. Notice that the formation of the present tense in third conjugation follows a pattern similar to that seen in the first and second conjugation. Take a third conjugation verb base, add a thematic vowel, which will be fairly irregular in this conjugation, might I note, and to that append personal endings. Very similar, right? We still have that same sort of pattern that basic word substitution that I like to call it, thinking about language as being very mathematical in a way, okay? Because what you can do is you can take that third conjugation base, you can change that base, but you can retain the thematic vowel and the appended ending, and you would just change the meaning of the word, but the person doing it would still remain the same, right? That being said, it would have to remain in the same conjugation if you kept that same thematic vowel. But if you didn't, if you changed it to an A, that would take you into the first conjugation. So, you know, look at that. Very cool. Word substitution. Note, though, the personal endings are the same as those in the first and second conjugation. So... Um, unlike the A, which dominates the first conjugation, or the strong E, which dominates second, third uses a short vowel, which readily changes form as it encounters different consonants. Here are some things that we need to consider and think about before um, we, uh, we think about it a little bit more, okay? So... Uh, like we see, it will appear as an I in the second person and third person singular and the first person and second person plural. In the third person plural, it remains as you, and in the first person singular, there is no thematic vowel whatsoever. The same way the A in the first conjugation disappears in 
in forms like Laodo and Amo, which both are first person singular. Laodo meaning I praise, Amo meaning I love. The translation of third conjugation verbs differs in absolutely no way uh, from the verbs you've seen in first and second conjugations. So there's no point in rehearsing what we already know. Scribo, for instance, just would translate as I write, right? I write, right, right? Very, very confusing. All right. I it, it would be I write, I am writing, or I do write, right? Because, oof, man, that's going to be a weird one. Uh, just because uh, there are three ways that we can translate the per present tense. The other persons and numbers will follow suit with the, within the same paradigm. So that's something that we don't really have to worry about. All right. Now that we've gone over the present tense, we're going to go over the imperfect and the future tense. And I don't know if you can hear the dog in the background right now, but there's, there's some going on right now. It's dog fight. People sizing each other up right now. Okay, anyways, um, hopefully this doesn't distract you guys. Hopefully you can't even hear the barking right now, but it's pretty crazy. Oh, we're good. Nope. Oh, no. Back again. It was like a brief moment where it was like quiet. All right, I'm done. So we're going to get into the imperfect. So as for the imperfect tense in third conjugation, it poses even fewer problems than the present, luckily. Usually it does, right? The imperfect is very not irregular compared to the other two tenses. Just like in the first and second conjugation, it uses ba, right? Love that as the marker for the imperfect. Thus, the imperfect for scribo goes as scribom, scriba, scriba, etc. So um, not much change there. In fact, if you already remember bomb, bas, bop, bombus, batis, bont, we're all good. Note that unlike the present, the thematic vowel in the imperfect is e. So the imperfect tense in third conjugation translate the translates the same way it does in first and second. It denotes an incomplete or repeated action in the past, right? So therefore, scribom would translate as I was writing, I used to write, or I kept on writing. Cool beans. Those dogs are still barking, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know. They're just talking, maybe. Maybe they're cussing at each other. I don't know. Maybe they had a really good breakfast. All right. Future. Unlike the bobis bit bimus bitis bunt business you are used to from the first and second conjugation, third conjugation uses E as its future tense marker. This E, which is easily confused with the second conjugation thematic vowel, which presents... Uh, uh, which will, uh, rather, it'll prove a lot of challenges in the near, near future. So we're going to have to be very, very conscientious about that. It just goes to demonstrate how important it, it is to distinguish between the second and third conjugation verbs, right? So at the end of the day, even though second conjugation uh, can be confused with the future third conjugation, we can't do that, right? Because that just don't make no sense just like that last sentence. So to make matters only a little bit more worse, the E isn't very universal uh, in this case. In the first person singular, the future tense marker is A, rendering a conjugation that looks like this. Scribom, 
I will write, Scribes, Scribet. And even worse yet, note that this tense marker eats up the thematic vowel. So there's no thematic vowel at all in the th third conjugation future. So the third conjugation future is very, very, very similar. That scribom is S-C. Um, R-I-B-A-M, which means I will write. And then we have scribebam, which is imperfect. And that is translated as I was writing. So very, very subtle nuances to take note of once we start to learn more and more Latin. So don't get sloppy, y'all. You got to keep strong. Keep it Keep it tight. All right. All right. So um, other than that, the thematic vowel returns in the imperative mood. So the imperative mood in the third conjugation uses E. So for instance, the imperative singular of scribo is scribe with a short E, meaning right, exclamation mark. But just to be perverse, as far as I can tell, the plural uses I plus TE, the ending you would expect from the first conjugation and second conjugation, producing scribite, scribete or scribite. Um, don't quote me on that, y'all. Remember, I'm not the best. So basically, that would be producing uh, something rendering y'all right, right, because it would be a plural amount of a address to uh, in the imperative mood. And as if that weren't enough, there are four irregular verbs, two of them in the third conjugation, which have irregular imperative singulars, which is deco, duco, vero, and facio, producing four imperative forms, which said one after the other sounds like this stupid little nursery rhyme that I remember hearing when I was uh, doing Latin. Dick, duke, fuck, fair, gently down the stream. Finally, in comparison with all that, the infinitive will look just like an old friend, luckily. It uses the ending ERE as in scribere, which means to write. So that's going to do it for me. A little bit of a shorter episode from uh, your boy here. So if you made it this far, I really appreciate y'all. Really do love it and love you, and appreciate it fully and completely. And with that being said, maybe let's manifest that love into a little simple five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, right? You got to look me up. You got to look up Latin in layman's, L-A-T-I-N, in I-N, layman's, L-A-Y-M-A-N, ticky mark, S. And scroll all the way down to the bottom where you get to review. It's not a very streamlined process. Although Apple is ahead of the curve in a lot of ways, it really isn't in that respect. So you got to do a little bit of digging, a little bit of diving. But I would really appreciate it. Um, just because uh, it helps me feel like I'm not just talking to myself. Uh and into a microphone and not reaching the masses with important grammatical information. Uh, that being said, 
I'll wrap it up with, we're going to shift into a different kind of mode for next lesson, probably some more etymology, medical for sure, maybe some legal. I've been getting some uh, um, requests on that. So stay tuned. We'll see. Without further ado, though, have yourselves a, a nice Monday. Tabusas de Skedere.